This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the Palmetto Swamps, to the Piney Woods, to the Oak Flats, you're listening to the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. Hey guys, on this week's episode of the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast, we head down to Port Sulphur, Louisiana and sit around with four microphones and five people right before a bow fishing trip with Bow Fishing Unlimited. So we're kind of switching gears this week, getting out of the woods and onto the water. Bow Fishing Unlimited is the largest bow fishing and charter captain outfit in South Louisiana. We highly suggest checking them out at bowfishing.com unlimited.com and we also cover scree gear that's s-k-r-e gear.com they are a new performance based layering system out of utah that's migrating into the south and into the whitetail market we're going to go into more detail on that coming up but before we get started we need to say a big thank you to our two sponsors. First up is Steve German's Taxidermy Art in Westlake, Louisiana, one of the absolute best taxidermists in the state, and the only one that's made it easier for you to transport your deer back into Louisiana by having a separate drop-off point in Orange, Texas, for you to drop off your deer so you don't have to cape it out. And secondly is Cousin Smokehouse, big Louisiana company growing by the day. They're in over 400 shops so far, and in every grocery store, archery shop, and gas station that I can remember stopping in in the last three to six months. They're the home of the original pork jerky, some of the most flavorful and delicious and tender jerky you've ever had. So definitely something you want to be carrying in your hunting bag this season. So a huge shout out to them, and with that being said, let's get on to this week's episode. It's going to be kind of a unique episode because it's going to be two dynamically different companies. One about bowfishing Louisiana, one about mountain hunting Western style out of Utah, right? So we have I don't a clash. need to talk much. So, um, but I would like to talk a little bit about Scree. Well, he's going to represent somebody 
coming into both Bowfishing Unlimited world, Louisiana Bowhunter world as an outdoorsman, but yeah. he's our virgin. Test, he's our virgin meat for this podcast and Perfect. this adventure. All right. What do you mean about the virgin meat? <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. So, uh, so let, let's get started. Let's get started here. So, um, we are here, uh, probably one of the most unique settings that we've had. Uh, for this podcast so far, we're here in Port, Port Sulphur, Louisiana. We're at Bowfishing Unlimited, which is primarily a bowfishing company, airboats and whatnot. But y'all also do charter fishing and bay boats. I see that on social media. This is my first time, time down here, and we have the most guests that we've ever had. We've got Lock Wheeler, who was with us on uh, the first and third episode. And then we also have we have Aaron from Bowfishing Unlimited. We have Jason from Bowfishing Unlimited. And then, like, total left field, unrelated, happens to be here. We're going to wrap him in. We've got a guy from Utah named Nate who is here. And just to, to preface this, this is a day before the sportsman show starts in the New Orleans Superdome. So Nate is with a company called Scree, uh, with S-K-R-E, which I always thought was just an acronym. An acronym. It is not, not an acronym. It is, it is a, a word. Wa- it is su- a rock slide on a mountain, right? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be surprised at how people try and pronounce that, like, scary. Yeah. Scur- it's, all sorts of Yeah, we overcomplicate it. We've got some Cajun words you couldn't say either, you know, oh, so. Yeah, Meet me on Chapatulas. Yeah. Chapatulas and Calliope, and, and, and we have some land We've already studied line yop. Yeah. We, we studied that yesterday. So, anyway, my point is we got five people here today. Uh, four of us have mics. Uh, Aaron and Jason are going to be sharing. And so Aaron is uh, the – are you our captain here tonight? Aaron would be the deckhand. Uh, Aaron's the deckhand. Okay, so so Jason's the captain. Aaron's the deckhand. And they've been ba- bannering back and forth all <laughs> night, uh, which has been pretty funny. But um, So we're going to talk a little bit about bow fishing, bow fishing unlimited, uh, and then we're also going to – you know, Nate's a great subject for us because – we get to use him as an example of like how do you explain to somebody to prepare for this, right? For what we're about to go do because it's about uh, it's eight o'clock. And we're about to go bow fishing as soon as the sun goes down. Um, we just finished uh, barbecuing. You cooked up some sausage, some some vegetables, and, and all that. Um, and then uh, and then of, I got to go get that fish. So y'all go, just carry go on. Check the red fish, buddy. Back. You do need to go check on that. And so Locks can go check on some redfish. And then once it gets dark, we're going to head out. We wanted, to, we wanted to do an episode for you. This is a little slightly off topic from what we're usually talking about, which is generally deer hunting. But this definitely falls under the, the realm of what we are. It's still archery in Louisiana. It's just a totally different approach, right? Um, and so, uh, Jason, how long have you been with Bowfishing Unlimited? Uh, going on, I'm on my third year, almost four. Um, and I, I've been bowfishing about five years now, so. Um, it, it, we get a lot of bow hunters, yeah. you know, game hunters and, um, man, it's, it's the same tool, but everything's different. The technique is completely yeah, different. Yeah. You, you told me earlier while we were prepping, you, you said, uh, we were talking about Nate and you're like, is, is he a bow hunter? And I said, yeah, he is. He boats hunts. He goes, he goes, uh, well, he needs to forget everything he knows, <laughs> right? Catch amnesia real quick. He's, because now, now as far as like compound to compound, it's very different. But bow fishing is very, very similar to traditional archery and instinctive archery, right? Correct. It's it's, it's very reactive. It's uh, it's instinct. It's quick. There's no calculated. Yeah, you're not coming long to full aim. Draw you got you got about two seconds. Yeah. You know? So it's it's a snap shoot. It's the equivalent of snap shooting. Correct. Um, and then you know we've got Aaron. Hi, Aaron, how long have you been with Bowfishing Unlimited? I've been with Bowfishing Unlimited for about. 
three and a half years. Yeah. And both of y- are y'all both from this area? I'm local from Grand Bayou. Got you. Okay. And just so so some people might not know where Port, Port Sulphur is. Port Sulphur is like pretty much the halfway point between Venice and Belchase, right? Uh, so it's right there. It's on this Highway 24? 23. 23. 20, excuse me. 23. Anyway, I haven't been down to Venice or down Highway 23 in quite a while for a couple of years. Anyway, so y'all have been with Bowfishing Unlimited for a while. Can you give me a little bit of a history behind it, like who owns it, and how did it get started? What, what's going on there? Yeah, so Jer- Jeremy Roussel is the owner. Uh, sole owner, and he, you know, if we if we had pictures to show you the boats now and the camp and the boats then, he's he's come leaps and bounds from where he started. Uh, we were actually looking at some old pictures today. I mean, he started in an eighteen foot boat, wooden side rails, no aluminum decking. You know, he explained to me sometimes customers would step off of the deck and the board would flip up and the deck hand fall overboard. You oh know, man. Just, it, it it started off a long time ago, and it was, you know, he, he's he's one of the original bow fishing guys that started this industry, and it's you'll you'll probably see tonight. Uh, uh, it's not a weekend yet, but you'll probably see tonight just how many people are doing it, mm-hmm. um, just recreational and guides. But it's it's blown up. Yeah, and, and Jeremy's come a long way. It's uh it's definitely caught on. You know, for the past couple of years, maybe past eight to ten years or so, it's gotten a lot more popular, and. What, what, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because of technology, because of boats, because of interest? What is it? Uh, social media has got a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people just didn't know what it was. Uh, I've, I've been a guide fisherman since 2007, and, I mean, I didn't even know, you know, mm-hmm. up until, about, like I said, about five or six years ago. I just happened to get invited on a trip, didn't even know what it was about, and I was on the boat 15 minutes, and I was hooked. I bought a boat the next week. Yeah, you, you said earlier you had a boat before you got hooked up with Bowfish right, Unlimited. Right. So do you still have that boat? No, I got rid of it. Um, it, it was just easier for me to fish with Jeremy and, and, and help him out. I mean, it was just yeah. us doing two different things. We, we were really good friends, so it was easier for me to just run one of his boats and get rid of mine. So what, how big of a boat are we going out on tonight? Tonight we're going to be on the Cadillac, which is a 24-foot boat. Uh, it's got a Cadillac CTSV engine in it, thus the name. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest boat we have right now. We actually have another one coming in. We're going to call it the Escalade. It has the same engine. <laughs> it's a little bit bigger. And uh, one thing that's a lot bigger on it is the sound system. Yeah. Jeremy got a little carried away. But, uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Number one stunner. <laughs> bling, bling, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, that's funny. Go big or go home. So so that'll give you how many boats? Five. Yeah, five boats that you're doing charters on. And, and that'll that'll enable you to be able to take large, you know, single-party crews out and multiple boat parties like like uh, Locke was telling me and I saw on social media. Y'all took – how many New Orleans Saints did y'all take out a couple months ago? We actually had to bring in a little help for that one, but we took 115 people. Oh, my God. Yeah. On airboats? Or all of them airboats? Uh, we had a couple of mud boats, but most were airboats. And uh, actually, I think the mud boat was a backup in case somebody's boat went down. Yeah. But uh, that was phenomenal. Definitely a good experience. And uh, they had a blast. We had a blast just having them. But uh, it, it was a pretty awesome thing to see. Um, so was that the whole team that was The doing entire it? team. Uh, and coaches. Yeah. And coaches. coaches. Yeah. Goodness, great. Locke, you were here for that, huh? Jeremy called me down to do media. I've done media for him for a little over a year, stuff for their social media. And you ask about the popularity of bow fishing yeah. and where it's gone. And Nate asked, actually asked me on the way down here, you know, how many of these services are there that you can go out and do this? And 
um, you know, my comment to him was Bowfish and Unlimited is obviously very progressive in their marketing and the way they use social media. And Nate was even like, yeah, I, I mean, I've been following them on Instagram long before this trip was ever aligned, before mm-hmm. I ever talked to you about coming awesome. down here. Um, they're national, and uh, I would say one of the bigger ones down here, if not the biggest. We're actually the biggest. Yeah. We're actually the biggest bow fishing company around. Yeah, I figured you had to be. Right. Most of the operations, the next biggest one has two boats. Not knocking them at all. Great, great service. But most of them are a single boat operation like I was before. And that's why it was just easy for me to jump on Jeremy's coattail, join him, and just, yeah, you know, he already had the marketing leaps and bounds beyond where I was at. So, um, you know. Well, that plays a little bit into Scree because – so Scree is a direct-to-consumer camouflage apparel company. So we compete with Sitka and First Light and QU and a lot of these higher-end merino fabric performance layering systems. The difference is we don't sell to retailers, so it's imperative that we be very active and proactive in Google, mm-hmm. um, AdWords, geofencing, geotargeting, social media, and all these things that are very prevalent in this business where you're, see- where you're seeking clients. Yeah. And um, so... We're trying to find a way to tie Scree and Nate specifically into our podcast <laughs> well, a little bit more. Well, but, you know. Nate's going to be our, our guinea pig. Nate's never yeah. done this before, so he gets to be the guy that we make fun of for missing all night, right? I hope so. It, never, it, I, it may be me that you're making fun of, but he's I'm never seen. You've never seen an airboat before, have you? I never have. No, yeah. we don't have He asked me when time. we were coming over Pontchartrain. Actually, not Pontchartrain, but Manshack and Ruddock and all that. Yeah. We were coming that way. He was like, where'd all this water come from? <laughs> it's like, it's here all the time. Well, you, you know, and that's, <laughs> so that, that might be my favorite part about people coming in from out of state is like explaining to them what's normal and what's not. Because what's, what's like a total, uh, you know, mind blower for you is every day for us. And for example, like I, I, for my job, I travel a good bit. And so I was, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Austin, Texas and I passed Lake Travis and Lake Travis was like 40 feet low. Okay, forty. And I thought about it in my head. I was like, "We never have that problem. We have the we either have the exact amount of water we need, or ten times too much. Like, never have we ever been in a drought where we can't water our lawns, or you know, or take the boat out. You, you know? notice there's not a Cajun French word for drought, and there is a Cajun French word for everything else <laughs> for flood and yeah, water over your roof and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, when people like Nate come in town, and it's it, it, you know what it does, man. It, it makes me appreciate what we have because you see, you see how ecstatic people get about what's normal to us. Like we, dri- y'all drive down Highway Twenty Three every day. You see the marsh every day. You see mullet jumping and redfish uh, uh, finning and, and all this stuff all the time. That's cool because Nate's going to see that for the first time tonight. So that's one of my favorite things about being a Louisiana Louisianian in general is getting to introduce people to what's normal for us, and it kind of reminds me like of why we're such an awesome state to live at because we're so diverse either. We happen to be on the coast today, but we could just as easily, you know, be bow fishing on the Washita river up near Arkansas as well, shooting gar and, and carp, you know? So it's, it's such a, it's such a diverse place. And what I'm trying to say is that it's just so much better than Utah where Nate's from, <laughs> right? It's just such a cooler place Debatable. to live. Yeah. Debatable. So he, here's what we need to talk about next. Nate's never been on an airboat. That doesn't really matter. But Nate's never been bow fishing before. So I'm sure you get a lot of clients that have never done this, right? Tons. All the time. So what, what's your advice? Listen. Listen. Okay. Um, when, when we tell you where to pull back, you know, we tell you pull right next to your eye, use the, the arrow as your guide, just try it. It doesn't feel right. 
but try it. Our biggest issue with people who are used to shooting a bow and, and deer hunting and, you know, whatever, when we do the little spiel at the dock, we're going to go through how to shoot the bow. We, you know, we're going to tell you how to shoot, how to use the reel. Most bow hunters. They fight back. Nope. Oh. They don't listen. Yeah. They just, <laughs> they go just off. do it their way they anyhow. Say, they, they said, you know, yeah, I know, yeah, I know yeah, how I know to how do that. How to do that. Then we get out, and usually, you know, like if they have their wives with them, it's a couple's trip. The wives are just nailing fish, and after the wife gets about three in, he turns around, hey, Cap, what am I doing wrong? That's, Everything. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. when I come in, and I'm, I'm like, uh, did you not get the uh, the the little review we went over? Didn't at the you dock? hear what you I said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so. wasn't. This isn't like the safety meeting on the Titanic. We brought Aaron for color commentary. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm not getting the mic much, but I mean it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so we have five people and four mics because we're you know we're on a budget. We're shoestring shoe budget. Louisiana uh, bow hunter bootstrap and follow us on still. Facebook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> So we're still we're still trying to scrounge up. We've got to go oh, find me stats. for a fifth microphone, right? There you go. So uh, if anybody wants to donate a fifth microphone to the Louisiana Bowhunter podcast, yeah, you can reach us online at louisianabowhunter.com. <laughs> <laughs> all donations accepted. Yep. All, all of our all of our podcasts have been either two or three piece people up until now, and and so Locke's like, "Man, you got a fourth mic?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll pick one up, no big deal." And then I get here that we got five people. Yeah, so um, created a new problem, but. Anyway, uh, so so what else? What else are you telling people? These people, because I, I bow hunt, bow hunted, bow fished a couple of times in my life, and shooting low. Would you say that that's the number one, the number one uh, thing that that a newcomer needs to do, or not a newcomer, anybody bow fishing needs to do? Right. I mean, shooting low is a big part of it, but it's all about the water depth. So mm-hmm. if we're out there and it's a foot of water, you want to shoot six inches low. Mm-hmm. So as we move through these ponds and it goes from a foot to eight inches, you have to adjust through the night. Yeah. And and that's that's a big part where the deckhands come in and they're going to yell at you. And, and like when you shoot, if you're shooting low, they're going to, guys, pick it up a little bit or, or lower it a little bit. So we're uh, the main part is the reel. That's the hard part. Everybody cannot get the reel down for some reason. Now, what kind of reels do y'all have? We use AMS retrievers. Is that is that the explain that because uh, it's basically a bottle with two rubber rollers in it that lets the string come in. So too much pressure on the trigger, it don't reel. Yeah. Too less, it don't reel. There's a sweet spot, and it's just kind of like a clutch, right? Like a clutch, but it's impossible to yeah. find. <laughs> well, but but also you you also can't. Uh, you, it's not like these Zebco style reels where you have to hit the button before you shoot and you blow it up. Right. If it's the Zebcos, we, we get a couple guys that use the Zebcos. The problem with that is they forget to hit the button and they wind up losing a bunch of our arrows. Mm-hmm. So yeah, these are so a little bit So what you're better. saying here is like if you're good with your fingers, you'll be pretty good with the bow fishing reel. <sighs> you're right, bro. Like you, <laughs> I, 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 would, I would not give you a Zebco to shoot at all. I'm more I, of a I, finger guy. I barely trust you with this retriever. Oh, my God. Y'all are ridiculous. <laughs> yes. I'm talking about I'm good with pressure on the bow fishing reel. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. It has All to right. be the right pressure. All right. So, we, we listen, number one. Number two, if you know how to bow, bow hunt, drop everything you know. And then number three is uh, is shoot relatively low, right? It, it changes in water depth, you right, said, right? Right, right, So, uh, So, what kind of fish are we shooting out here? Uh, we're going to be after redfish, sheephead. Might run into a drum occasionally, mm-hmm. and spotted gar, alligator gar, and that's pretty much it. We try to stay away from the stingrays, but we every now and then we get a guy that just 
don't follow the directions. And he can't, he yeah. can't help it, huh? He's like, oh, it's just so easy. I want to shoot it because he hasn't shot a fish all night. So he shoots stingrays. It's really dangerous on a boat when you have six people because mm-hmm. they just want to swing this thing around. And Tiny right here, that's Jason. Uh, <laughs> he got stung by a stingray and lost feeling in his middle finger, which I think is pretty funny. Permanent, but. Permanently? So Jason's not good with the bow fishing reels because he's not good with his fingers? <laughs> oh, this, this was on a rod and reel trip. And it, uh. So, I mean, you can say he's not good with a rod and reel. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you want? You have any comment to that, Jason? Not really. <laughs> it's <laughs> like we got him, huh? We got no comeback. No got comeback him. to the guy st- that got Steve Irwin. No, yeah, I, I did. Uh, I had a customer ask me, what part of the stingray hurt you? <laughs> well, I showed her. It was and, uh, obviously the part that went through your finger. Yeah, it went in one side, came out the other, and uh, I thought I was I thought I was pretty tough, man. I, was, I finished the trip, thought I could handle it, and uh, when we got back, Aaron here dumped some iodine on it for me, and I went through the roof. Oh, and uh, that was a quick trip to the Port Sulphur Hospital. Now, it, 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 isn't it? It, it, isn't it uh, doesn't it take hot water, like super hot water, to kind of draw the poison out or make it stop hurting? Yeah, see, I found that out after. Oh, okay, yeah, and uh. Post hospital bill, huh? right? Yeah, but uh, I got two little shots in the finger, made my whole world better, and I was happy. But mm. I won't, I'm not touching stingrays again. You shoot a stingray, it's your problem. <laughs> now, I mean, so, uh, so you know, a lot of us down in South Louisiana, we might catch a stingray in accident. So was it a puncture? Was it a scrape? Was it did a piece break off? Like, explain the severity of uh, it. Actually, so so what happens when we catch one? We usually just leave it hanging on the side of the boat. Uh, and I'm talking about rod and reel fishing, mm-hmm. obviously boat fishing. you got to bring it in and get it off the arrow. But we use the uh, catfish flipper, and we just twist the hook out of his mouth. But when the young lady asked me what part stings you, I tried to take the flipper and just pull the barb up and show it to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was double-jointed or something. I don't know. He flipped up, and it, it actually went in the side of my finger and came out the other side. Oh, my. It went all the way through. And it felt like 220 volts of electricity went all the way up to my shoulder. I dropped my flipper overboard. Um, let everything go. He got in and he was crying. There yeah, was, I was tears. I was <laughs> crying. I wasn't boohoo crying, but they did have tears coming so out did my it, eyes. So it did, it, did it puncture and pull out? Like, yeah, it didn't so break it didn't, off. It didn't break off? No, it didn't break off. And they're barbed, right? Yeah. So it just rips pulling out. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the the doctor did an x-ray. It actually didn't mess the tissue up really bad, but it did damage some nerves because I can't feel into my finger. Still, how long ago was this? Months ago. Yeah, two or three months. Mm, goodness yeah. gracious. Don't play with stingrays, kids. No thanks, man. That is a hard pass. Just say no for me. All right, Nate. No shooting stingrays. Yeah. Is there what else do you want to talk about tonight? As far as bow fishing, obviously you catch you shoot some real big gator gar, some big gator gar, long nose gar, spotted gar. What do y'all have? We have the American spotted gar and the American alligator gar. Yeah. Uh, Can't really be I, I've I've seen long nose gar in a river, but we not, don't really shoot them. Yeah, we don't shoot them in the bayou. I mean, it's mostly gator gar and spotted gar. So, I mean, when y'all are, when y'all are shooting those, and I've, I mean, that's like, I can only imagine. It's like when people see those, it's like a bug to a light. They can't help but try and shoot a six foot, four foot, three foot fish, whatever it is. Are these are y'all cleaning these or, or bringing them home or what? <clears throat> so what we do is, if we shoot a, a a gar that we can get enough meat off of, mm-hmm. we'll donate the fish to the locals actually, because a lot of people down here eat them, mm-hmm. and uh. The guys that come in, we're getting guys from like Texas and New York and stuff like that. So when they come in, they don't they don't even know about eating gar. Yeah. So they they really don't want it. So we we donate it to the locals, so it's not going to waste. We try to use everything we shoot at night 
is is put to a good use. We're yeah. we're not wasting anything. Okay, gotcha. And I, I, I have to give a shout out to uh, my brother of a different color, Jeremy yeah. Russell. Yeah. <laughs> this whole I don't know I, I don't know how to tell you this, but this whole podcast is a shout out to you, <laughs> the owner of Bill Fishing Unlimited. Yeah, he told me yeah. to mention him, so uh, I, I just did that yeah. for him. Uh, that was Aaron CYA. <laughs> that's, that's your job security, right? Yeah. Mention your boss. <laughs> Take care of the boss. I got you. Well, uh, so so you know we're, we're going out in a couple minutes. It's about to get dark. It's starting to get dark right now, and we're going to go out and hopefully uh, hammer a couple of redfish and drum and things like that. Do y'all ever shoot any flounder out here either? Rarely. Y'all, y'all do. That's my favorite fish. Very hard to see at night. Um, yeah. We probably go over more of them than we have any idea. But every now and then we get you know somebody will spot one in a bed. Probably about one or two a month, maybe we'll see. Man, I hope we I hope we see, see some tonight. That's one of my favorite fish to to catch and and eat. I love to debone them and kind of turn them into a pouch and stuff them right. Stuff them with some crab and shrimp so, meat. That's the good Dude, stuff I right there. Shot a triple tail out here. Did you? Yeah, about a month ago, I shot a triple tail. That's all. That's one of the best fish there is to eat out here, man. So good. Um, so uh, let's change gears a little bit because. Uh, you know, we, we do need to get going here pretty shortly, but I do want to talk about Scree, talk about your affiliation with them, what Nate does for them, you know, why you're even in town. Nate is for the Sportsman Show, right? Yeah, correct. And so this is um, – did you all have a booth at the Sportsman Show last year? No. So I um, I really wasn't in this role with Scree last year. So mm-hmm. so basically I am working with Scree now um, – you you referenced earlier that Scree is developed out west mountain hunting. Nate actually is is works in the main office. This is the guy. If you order anything from Scree, Nate Nate ships you your package. So that's Nate's that guy. And if you have a problem, Nate is the guy you send your stuff back to as well. But that <laughs> doesn't happen because all of our stuff is great. Um, that never happens. It's never nobody's um, ever sent anything. No, back. seriously, he handles all of our you know any any kind of warranty situation. But for me. Scree has grown to the point that it is kind. It, it's time to move south, move east, get into the whitetail market, turkey mm-hmm. hunting market, uh, you, you know those things, and outside of just the uh, mountain backpacking and western hunting. So um, that's kind of where I fit in. But Nate is here because this is our first summer, uh, or not summer, but southern show circuit. We were in Alabama last week with uh, Nate came and stayed with me. Nate actually shot his first pig on a spot and stalk yesterday. Nice. That was a new and experience for nice. me. Yeah, out in East Feliciana. Uh, shout out to Daniel Rodriguez at Highway 63 for letting us go out on his property. Is that a place or did you just name a road? No, seriously. Highway 63 Collision Center, the uh, body oh. shop out in Clinton. Okay. Daniel Rodriguez. it's also a road. It is. Yeah. It's called that because it's on the I side of Highway 63. I don't, want, I, I don't want people to think that we're no, just like amazing. Be like, yeah, yeah you know, Jonathan no. lives at Highway 7. No, Daniel is the owner of Highway 63 Collision Center, there which is go. a body shop on Highway 63, Bluff Creek, and Clinton. <laughs> he let us go on his property, so we uh, we actually videoed that. You can see some of that on the screen media and Life and Focus media. But anyway, I'm not going to hog it. I'm going <laughs> to let Nate tell a little. Nate's been with the company longer than I, but Nate's down here with me. We're going to do, we did Alabama. We're going to do the Sportsman Show in the Dome this weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go to Houston and Dallas-Fort Worth for the Texas Trophy Hunter Show. So we're we're bringing Scree into the southern and eastern hunting markets. That's what we're doing. Very so cool. tell us, I, I, he, he'll be better to tell us you know, the business model and why you should buy Scree. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, the business model behind Scree is, um, well, we are a, a performance-based layering system, and so 
you're meant to have every piece you need to hunt early August back in back west mm-hmm. in the hot temperatures all the way through, you know, the rut when it's cold temperatures just by taking off or on uh, a few different layering pieces. The, the company's been around for three years. I guess the owners built the company around a few um, key points and they all res- revolve around customer service. Basically, we have a, a lifetime warranty on all of our products. So nice. if, if you're out and zipper breaks or anything like that, you send it back. We replace it at no cost. Um, another thing is we we pay for the shipping back and forth until you... So your order's right. Yeah. yeah no, so no, no, not, not until your order's right. Just until your size is right. Well, it's, yeah, excuse me. Until it, until it fits you Until you're outfitted you correctly. Yes. yes. So outfitted correctly. Because mm-hmm. that implies that you didn't ship it out correctly, right? Nate? Which I never didn't, ship out incorrectly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, and then also, um, so as you guys know, there's other performance-based layering systems out there. You know, mm-hmm. um, Locke mentioned a few earlier, Sitka, Kuyu, First Light. Those are all great companies. They've kind of pioneered the way for us. Uh, to come into this space, but um, what we've done is we've built our company around the fact that we will cater to just the everyday uh, salary. Basically, our our prices are are more competitive. Yep, forty percent less. I'm just going to throw. Yeah, I'm gonna you're say dancing the around this. Look, I don't dance. Look, yeah. we're from the south. You're we not, don't dance. We're cheaper s- than Sitka, and not, we have the same quality <laughs> product. You're not saying anything bad here, you know. Like, yeah. So, so yeah. So, Locke told me this: forty percent, generally forty percent less than a lot of your competitors, and that's due to your direct to consumer model. Correct. Right? Uh-huh. We we yeah. cut out the middleman. We don't have uh, any retailers. We're not in any stores. So. Um, because of that, our prices aren't marked up for any stupid reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, we just sell direct to consumer, and but we also we handle that on both ends, and that that assists in the warranty negotiations with our factories and manufacturers. Mm-hmm. That makes our warranty so strong, and the fact that we are direct to consumer makes our consumer or customer relations better. So, you know, um, Nate and Mike, one of the owners, are basically uh, well, both my that both mics but nate and and one of our owners are you know primarily there in the office and if you have a problem you're dealing with the guy that packed the the, the your order in a box and sent it to you yeah and that's one of, and if you're in it look it it's going to cost you more to outfit and screed than it is if you go to academy sports and outdoors and buy a russell athletic game you know, winner game winner yeah. uh set of camo but if you're going to pay that kind of money that's that's where we try to separate ourselves well y'all originated out west western hunting mountain hunting so it's you know comparatively a more drier arid less hot climate right and i'm going somewhere with this so, <laughs> so uh you know i think you're going where i was gonna go so uh what's happening is that as y'all have gained popularity Y'all are looking to expand to different environments, different parts of the country. Obviously, y'all are focused on the southeast right now. And so one of my first questions to Locke a couple of weeks ago was like, well, you you realize you can't call this mountain gear, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is, there's no you should probably call it something else. And, yeah, we're just sticking with Scree. But, but, that, but that's Not only a mountain. different marketing approach. That right. isn't different uh, products or different patterns or different uh, – uh, materials the materials are applicable to, from from here to maine to los angeles to alaska and in between i mean people sweat 
when they hunt, period, right. right? And people want to be cooler when they hunt when it isn't freezing cold outside. So that's the only thing that really matters. And so y'all are looking to expand into the southeast right now and then ultimately – you take over the entire world. Am I right? That'd be correct. Yeah. Well, at least a percentage of the world. Yeah. <laughs> right Right now we're in 45 out of 50 states. So um, we are around the country. We're just trying to grab a bigger market share, I guess. Well, I, one of the things that, that we saw in our first our first shot in the southern, I guess, direct, direct to the southern consumer at the uh, World Deer Expo in Alabama last week was one of the things, the feedback that we got was our patterns, and our patterns are proprietary. To I mean, we own them. You'll, mm-hmm. You can't get our camouflage patterns. We have two patterns: a uh, summit, which is a little greener, more open space, and then uh, mountain stealth, which is a little more gray. I, I, you know, a little more of a timber type of pattern. But anyway, um, those are ours. And what we're hearing from a lot of consumers is we look our camo attracts the deer hunter uh, where. Some of our competitors look more like your digital mountain type yeah. of terrain pattern. And that's, you know, that is what it is. Um, each person's take is a little different on, on that as yeah. far in terms of success or failure or, or how much that matters in the field. But as far as what people like, we look a little bit more uh, like a whitetail pattern, like a turkey spring pattern. Yeah, I, I agree. And in fact, the, the names of y'all's patterns, and when I looked it up online, both of them would do well in, in deer woods. Period. Yeah. Um, in fact, like when I hunt the Feliciana, sometimes that's where you. St- and I'm not talking about piney woods or anything like that. When you hunt hardwoods in Feliciana uh, or the the kind of Angola tunicus, you know, area six area yeah. late season when yeah. there isn't a leaf left on a tree, one of your patterns looks oh, exactly like the moss on the hard hardwoods. Yeah, that kind of greenish really blue. That moss that's that's that looks like an algae almost. It looks very similar to that. In addition, your other pattern, and, and you'll have to forgive me for confusing Summit. the two. Summit is a little uh, blotchier, and when I say blotchier, I mean it's um, it looks more like a breakup pattern. Look, think mossy oak obsession. Yeah, think it, mossy oak obsession. It's well, got that. it looks like it's got greens and darker, darker, darker greens and grays and browns. It looks like you would be part of a, a full-plumage tree branch in a tree, yeah. right? And it also does well on the ground as well. It's, you've got, it's interesting because we, we're moving, camouflage is moving in a way where it isn't mimicking exact parts of nature. We're starting to get into the science of just breaking up your silhouette, your outline, and not trying to look like a leaf, not trying to look like a limb, not trying to look like a rock, you know. Um, That's an interesting point. Yeah, so um, our first pattern that was developed, the, the pattern that we've uh, run the company on up until we released Summit. So our mountain stealth pattern um, was designed by one of the top military designers mm-hmm. in, in the world. He, he, designs for, he designs military camo for all the top militaries. Anyways, he designed our first pattern, and it is actually a mathematical algorithm meant for breaking breaking up the silhouette, really? breaking up the yeah. So from that, it's it's a micro dark dark pattern. I'll have you know that is the biggest word that's ever been said in Port Sulphur, Louisiana. <laughs> At least, okay. Aaron. Aaron, I just saw <laughs> yeah, I just saw Aaron's, steam fly Aaron's out. Reaching, Aaron's reaching for the mic. Hold yeah. it. I, I, I mean, I, I can speak that language. I, okay. I like to be kind of professional. <laughs> I mean, that's a big word for some people down here. 
this guy's been around Bowfish and Unlimited for a while. I've, I've learned a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> You've had some people from outside the sports over come. Oh, bring, yeah. When yeah. I, I had to go get dollar words around. Yeah, I had to go get a dictionary I, at first. And I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> but I, we're, we're good now. I got to mess with you, man. All right. So keep going. So you got a digital algorithm pattern, right? So, yeah, it's a mathematical algorithm. And the mountain stealth pattern is a it's a micro pattern. It's it's tight. It's mm-hmm. it's darker. Um, and people disappear in the tree stand against mm-hmm. the bark, against the hardwoods, um, and the summit pattern, it's more open, uh, more, more green. There's more color in it. And I know Locke, he loves it for, for spring turkeys. Oh, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Yeah. So, and, and if, if anybody's listening, we're going to be done at the Superdome before this airs, obviously. Yeah. But, um, with Louisiana Bowhunter, um, there's actually the buck I shot in Area 6 that's on the Louisiana Bowhunter page. Yeah. Um, that's wearing Mountain Stealth, and you can see how good it does uh, with, you know, kind of the dark river bottom timber. And, um, and that was late season, wasn't it? That, well, it was December 27th, yeah. so somewhat late season. But uh, And then you can I mean, you can follow the Life and Focus page, my page. There's a lot of Southern um, video from Southern hunts. Yeah. And um, so, you know. Yeah, we we it's we're growing we're we're getting out there. Well, you know, in camouflage these days in general, you have you have people that are generally picking things from patterns that was one of two things: either it's the most natural that they feel that they can hide in, or it's one that they are most drawn to. It's kind of like the whole fishing lure thing. Like, what are you catching a fish or a fisherman? You know, and so with y'all, it's a very unique pattern. It's something that. The only person I know down here as of today that wears it is Locke, and, and he's a, a huge ambassador for y'all. But this is also on the forefront of trying to bring it down to South Louisiana. So, Aaron, you have something to Aaron say? Aaron just snagged the mic. He's got uh, something to say. I mean, I, I hope I'm the next person to be wearing this down here, right? Yeah. I mean, well, hey, yeah. So, in your opinion, when you're bow fishing, what is the I, best camouflage to wear? Right, is I, it that I, blue I, stuff you're wearing? I need some black and some purples and stuff to match the sun at night. Oh, uh, so that way when the sun at night. You? The sun I, I at meant night. the moon. You would be yeah. a beautiful sunset. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. You should see it. To ma- say that again, but slowly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, when, when we get into, when we get into, you know, camouflage pattern sure. selections down here in, in the South, people are... They they have a it's a it's a a shift in the way of thinking when you get into you could say like an outside company somebody that isn't mossy oak or isn't real tree or you know a bottomland pattern or whatever the hot new whatever is called this year and that has been of course the dominant force for the past thirty plus years in, in camouflage now y'all started it totally separate from Realtree and those guys with a different intention. Y'all wanted to blend it in the mountains. And what's happened is y'all have created a great performing product um, that is also applicable into multiple different, not species of woods, multiple different types of woods across the U.S. Habitat environment. Habitat Thank you. and environment. Thank you for that word. Thank you. Algorithm. Algorithm. <laughs> you was lost there for a minute too. I could sometimes. No, you, you know, saying? you got me. Look, we're actually so cool. The uh, cool snippet. So we've got a, a video series coming out this fall called "The Progression," mm-hmm. presented by Scree, and one of our hunts is going to be actually in the marsh uh, down around uh, Homa, Thibodeau, south of there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be deer hunting that October rut that happens out there on that floating marsh, and so floton, 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 yeah. whatever in the Trinoche. Is that how you say it? Almost. Almost. <laughs> Y'all are embarrassing my heritage here. 
<laughs> um, we're gonna paddle down to Trinosh. Yeah. And hunt the Floton. It's a Trinas. Trinas and and okay, no H on the end of Trinas. It's all silent. It's all silent. And then we're gonna we're gonna hunt the Floton. Yeah. So, in our pirog. In our pirog. So look, quick quick question for Nate. It's twenty eight degrees. It's yep. humid. I'm about to get on an airboat to go bow fishing. You're dumb. With a 660 <laughs> horsepower fan sucking all of that by me. What, what you putting on me? I mean, if if you were to call me up and say, hey, I'm going to Colorado in mid-November. There's going to be a foot of snow and negative temperatures. I could I could tell you exactly what you needed. But <laughs> no, look, the, I'm gonna the guy for this I, might be locked. Actually, I actually can answer this. No, seriously, defer, I can answer huh? this. So this is the one thing, and, and, and again, Sitka and QU and First Light and many of the other performance layering systems, they offer the same thing. So but what you're looking at when you spend the money for this type of camo, okay, or not camo, but apparel. Um, so we're all based in a merino fabric base layer, okay? So like our 170 gram, which is your against the skin, lighter merino fabric, that's a 17.5 micron Australian merino. It's ultra. It's... It's as, it's, as, it's as fine a merino fabric as you can get. So what it does, merino wool can absorb 30% of its weight without feeling wet. So it's a, it, it, it will actually absorb 30% of its weight in water or in moisture without, without getting wet or feeling wet on your skin. So that's how merino performs. Honestly, when it's 28 degrees and it's humid and you're in the South Louisiana, we fight a different kind of beast, and it's tough. But what we're doing with merino base layers and Teflon coated poly micro fleece on your outer layers is we're absorbing as much moisture as we can away from the body and holding in the insulation. So you're still going to be cold if you're going bow fishing when it's 28 <laughs> degrees and humid outside, then you deserve what you're going to get. But we're going to keep you as warm as you can be. I mean, we're going to be cold and extra heavy is what you're trying to tell us. No, because I mean, no, it's no, absorbing everything. No, we, we, no, we're going to gain thirty pounds. It absorbs and wicks. It absorbs and wicks. <laughs> so no, it doesn't get heavy. It doesn't get heavy. It 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 actually dries out really really fast. Uh, the, some of the properties of merino being a super fabric is it absorbs that much. It can absorb that much and wick that much without getting an actual feeling. Without wet. you feeling like you're. Like yeah, it's so on you. it is. It really is a super fabric. It really is, and it makes a difference. But I've learned because as a guy who hunts the South and then goes up Midwest and in drier climates and stuff, I've learned that when it when you got humid air and it's really cold, it's just cold. Uh, it's just cold. <laughs> there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop it from feeling like it's just going it's through you. And and so what what I tell people when they I get asked a similar question. We get asked that question at the show all the time. People ask us those kind of questions. Right. And what I'm saying is so the only thing I can tell you is when it gets that cold, you're choosing to be cold in order to hunt. You right. are. It's going to be cold to an extent. And we're doing it in three layers very comfortably. So you can either be that or the marshmallow man and you're still going to be cold. So. Right. We do the marshmallow man thing and it, it's really hard to shoot yeah. a bow. Yeah. But uh, I didn't know the gloves to the exhaust of an airboat because I couldn't feel my hands. Yeah. So. I want to know. I, I, I'm actually fascinated that people are booking bow fishing trips. Okay, so so I was going to bring it's that good. up. Well, the uh, water's clear and it's lower. Right. Lots of people are going to hear this and say, why on earth would you? So tonight we probably have about a two-foot tide range. Tide's coming in and out, grabbing mud, dirty in the water. During the winter you have about a two- to three-inch tide range. Very, it's crystal clear. The fish's metabolism actually a little lower, so they're not running away as fast. 
it's just a lot you know so the hunting the, the hunting or fishing in this case is actually better yes yep. in it's that excellent. time of year hey, we, we even shoot speckled trout in the winter wow. guys we have a two foot tide range so we're going to be hunt, fishing like in eight inches of water so just know if Jason falls in he's drowning like it's, <laughs> it's over his head <laughs> <laughs> if Aaron doesn't Aaron, make it back, Aaron, Aaron got the school in a boat, y'all. Who, who needs who, who needs enemies with friends like these, man? Let me tell you, that's funny. Aaron's my boy. I'm well, not gonna hurt him too bad. Well, look, let's let's uh let's get this wrapped up, man, because we're starting to get yeah. eaten up, and we got to go out on the boat and, and and start shooting some fish. Y'all gotta eat some of all this food I made, yeah, man. We gotta eat too. But, get in there um, and eat. So I think I think you know I'm proud of us. I think we did a successful job of somehow tying in together. Um, a mountain apparel company, right, yeah. that has great patterns for, for We're not a mountain apparel. We're a performance well, layering system. Excuse me. An originated mountain apparel company of where they're we're originated from and then where you're going next because everybody likes to see progressions and people and companies move forward. And we tied that in somehow to bow fishing. So I'm pretty proud of it's us. It's because we're really good at this podcast, Kyle. I think we are pretty good at it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let me ask you this. Does anybody else have anything else they want to talk about or they want to say? Or y'all just want to? I, I, one of the things, like, to wrap this I know we got to wrap this up. One of the things that tie this into Louisiana Bowhunter a little bit more. I actually did a podcast a, a while back, and bowfishing topic came up. We are talking about bowfishing. And, like, one of the things, as a very avid bowhunter myself, I mean, I, I, I rarely hunt with a, with a rifle anymore as far as big game. I mean, I still shoot turkeys in the face with a shotgun because that's awesome. <laughs> but, um, Kill. Yeah, but, you know, as a, as a bow hunter, and, I mean, you guys hunt, you know, you, you spend all year or, or you prep really, really hard for uh, one shot. You might only get right. one shot with a bow and arrow uh, during a deer season. Yeah. If you got a good piece of property and you get and you have time to hunt, you may get a couple of shots. You know, one of the things about bow fishing that's cool as an archer is you get to shoot a lot. You yeah. get to correct your mistakes. You know, the, the 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 thing is, as a deer hunter, you plant plots and you practice and you check your cameras and you do all this and you go out there and you make one mistake and that's it. You may not get another shot the whole season. Mm-hmm. And with bow fishing, you know, you get to ride around out there and you get to. You get, you get several chances. Wrongs. You get to write suck your for wrongs. three hours. Try to write your own. We, we do not end. charge extra for the fish you miss. Awesome. Huh. Well, that's good to know. So, Shoot. My, my favorite thing is uh, let it rip potato chip. Okay. Let's do that. <laughs> I can tell that Aaron's going to be full of cliche sayings that I'm going to be yeah, thinking about I mean, for the we rest of the weekend. They don't all make sense, so if you don't understand one, just let it go. Yeah, we will. <laughs> so, look, y'all follow. Check out Bowfishing Bo Unlimited. Bowfishing Dash. It's Bowfishing Dash. Bowfishing Dash Unlimited.com. And they got all the social media sites. Look them up. We need to, you got to check out Scree. Nate, also. give us the Scree info. Scree, S K R E. Yeah, I believe it's Scree Gear. Yeah, ScreeGear.com. Scree Gear.com. I tried to go to the, I tried to go to Scree.com and it was like yeah. a, a lawyer yep. site or something. <laughs> it looked like Scree it was gear. built in 96. We're not in the legal business. Yeah. So, so ScreeGear.com and then. Of course, also Louisiana check out Louisiana Bowhunter dot com, and and uh, you know this is going to be a couple episodes in, so I just want to say thank you for everybody listening to us so far, and and y'all check us out online, check us out on social media, and uh, thank you for the support. Appreciate everything y'all do. So we're going to wrap it up. I want to say thank you to everybody that's uh, hosting us tonight, about to take us out on the boat, and y'all be good until next time. Thank y'all for coming. Peace. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. If you've got anybody you want to hear on the podcast, send us an email at info at louisianabowhunter.com or send us a PM on Facebook or Instagram and we'll be sure to get back with you. We also want to say a big thank you to our two sponsors, Cousin Smokehouse and Steve German's Taxidermy Art. 
We appreciate everything you do for us, and we could not put this podcast on without you. Make sure that you're following Louisiana Bowhunter on Instagram, on Facebook, and also LouisianaBowhunter.com, where we make sure to update daily with new information, pictures, videos, and articles about deer hunting in the state. So we'll see you every Monday at 8 a.m. Until next week, thank you.